school has started up around the diocese, and that includes our many campus ministries. So for today, uh, I interviewed Olga Maria Cruz, who's the campus minister at Winthrop University, a joint ministry that we have with the Lutheran Synod up there. We talk about the struggles they faced and the blessings they've seen in the midst of COVID and the way that God continues to show up, even when we're online. Hope you enjoy this edition of Make, Equip, and Send, the stories that shape EDUSC. I'm here with Olga Maria Cruz, who's the campus missioner, or she may have a different title. She can tell us that at Winthrop University with Welcome. So, Olga Maria, thank you um, for taking some time out and joining us today. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, this is the first episode of season two, you know, fancy terms for this podcast. It just means we took a long break. And instead of just saying we took a long break, we're going to say it's a new season. Nice. Uh, but the, the focus for these episodes, at least at first, are going to be how our congregations and how our ministries are adapting to, to COVID-19 and the way we've had to change virtually everything. Uh, and given that school has recently started up, I thought campus ministry would be a good place to start. So first, tell us about Welcome. What is Welcome there at Winthrop? What? How would you describe your ministry? Yeah, thanks. Um, so Welcome stands for Winthrop Episcopal Lutheran Campus Ministry. Um, in 2008, um, I'm guessing related to um, the economic downturn, um, the Canterbury at Winthrop um they decided to merge with the Lutheran campus ministry and sold their building. And um, ever, I think by looking back at um, our archives of t-shirts, I've found that it took them a, a year or so to come up with the name. Um, but the name is actually part of why I um, applied to be the campus minister because um, extending God's welcome to everyone um, is an important like key component of my sense of my own call to ministry. So um, so it's been, you know, over 10 years that there's been this collaboration between the Synod and the Diocese, between um, the Episcopal Church of Our Savior in Rock Hill and Grace Lutheran. Um, but Welcome actually also does define itself as an inclusive, welcoming community of faith. So um, we're trying to extend God's welcome to everyone at Winthrop. Um, and uh, it's been an exciting couple of years. I'm just starting. This is me starting my third year here as campus minister. Campus minister. Great. And I've, I've joined y'all up there at Winthrop a couple times and had dinner and conversation. And, you know, that was all before February. Right. right. And so I can only imagine how things have changed. Um, so so talk a little bit about that. What obstacles have y'all faced? What have been some some difficulties in the way that uh, that ministry has happened recently? Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, we, we count you as a friend of the program. We count you as a as a friend of welcome. Um, and we would be so excited to have you have you back even even virtually the way we are now. Um, yeah, since February, um, you know, the last big thing we did was Bokare, and we took a, a big group. We took six people to Bokare, and they had an amazing time. Um, but right after that, on um, during spring break, the students were asked, you know, to, to pack it up, and I didn't really see them after that. Um, and the biggest challenge has been what's going on with university life. Um, I know the churches have you know, how to face their own challenges. And our churches here have really um, adapted really well. But university life is so complicated because the students live there and then they were asked to go back home but keep doing their schoolwork. Um, and again, I know families have been challenged by that. Um, I follow you on Instagram. I've watched how you've adapted with your kiddos to like, you know, schooling at home. But for young people, young adults, let's say, um, I actually wrote an article about this um, during the spring because I was listening to the students and just the challenges were enormous for them. Um, but they seemed to center around their developmental need for autonomy, right? They had been in this realm, this world of that was, you know, for them, their culture at the university campus, all the subcultures of their clubs, their depart, their academic departments. Um, yes, their friend groups, but their sororities and fraternities and sports and music and all of that was all taken away from them. And suddenly they were in a place where they weren't really supposed to be. Um, so navigating that has been hard and some of them are still there. Um, I have a few students who have taken a gap year or a gap semester or are schooling from, from back home because of um, safety concerns or financial concerns. So safety and finances have been huge. Um, autonomy has been huge. And all the isolation has been very hard on their mental health. Um, about 25% of students come to university, this is across America, with already some sort of mental health diagnosis and or medication for something. And college life is stressful enough and there's enough like growth and development and challenge that a lot of times those things get triggered. But this, this quarantine and extra isolation for them has been really unhealthy. We've been having to work really hard at mental wellness. Um, yeah, that, that feels heavy even just naming it, right? Like the, all these students that I care about and, and, and that challenge, for, for one reason or another, almost all of the students involved in Welcome have some sort of extra risk factor. Um, either they're people of color or um, they um, have a, a family history of mental illness or they are LGBTQ. Um, and those are all extra risk factors. So even the students that are, are doing pretty well, like we're, we're keeping an extra eye on each other right now. Um, yeah, so those have, those have been some, some of the challenges and, and you know, those, those have been big. Yeah, so that, you mentioned um, keeping an eye on them. What does that look like? What does ministry look like? Yeah. Are y'all gathering in person or 
for the, for those that aren't there in Winthrop, they're are doing school online or y'all, how, how do you gather with your folks and, and keep in contact? Yeah. So, um, one of the really sweet things is we never stopped. We did ministry all summer, which has never happened before. <laughs> Usually summer is an actual break, but we did, we did two programs a week all summer long. Um, so we immediately pivoted over, pivoted over spring break to our Tuesday night gathering. Of course, it used to be supper and then a conversation Bible study um, that's what you've been part of when you visited. Uh, and that used to be our, our main program. Of course, I couldn't feed them. Um, and dinner time was whenever their family said so. So that got a little disrupted. It took us a few weeks to shift our time to be a time when the most people could come. But even then, you know, if your parents say you have to go do this, <laughs> or like it was a completely different dynamic. They weren't in my space, you know, um, in our space together. They didn't necessarily have the privacy. Some of them were suddenly sharing rooms with younger siblings or whatever. Some of them um, are in the closet in as being part of an Episcopal Lutheran group because their parents still think they're part of the tradition that they were brought up in, whatever that was. I have some some people that don't come from. Episcopal or Lutheran traditions. So I'll extra those extra challenges. But um, our ministry looks like um, texting each other, following each other on Instagram, messaging each other that way, kind of documenting what we're up to that way. Um, it looks like um, we have this wonderful app that we, I can't tout enough. Our, um, I've First peer minister, Taylor Gibby, who's um, now you'll have to, <laughs> I, I can't remember which, she, I think she's in Greenville as a youth minister right now. Um, she found us this wonderful app called Band, and I highly recommend it um, for any uh, like ministry group that's a fairly small group. Um, it, it does everything that we would want to do on social media, but with complete privacy. We can share photos and videos. We can take polls. We can video chat. We can, it's um, one of our students, it's her birthday today. And band went ping this morning and let me know. And so I posted a little sticker and a little shout out to her. And um, we can do check-ins right now. Um, we, and let's see, we're doing check-in. We're using it to check-in um, for our events that are in person, which I'll get to in a sec. Um, it's very minimal, but, um, we used zoom for our gatherings on Tuesdays and we did that all summer. And then we use zoom for our contemplative Bible study, which is on the Lambeth model that we do on Thursdays. That has actually grown. It grew through the spring and summer. It doubled and tripled. And we just added a new person last week, um, a brand new first year student that I haven't met in person, but just, you know, found us, joined us. It's really sweet. Um, and so it looks like Zoom, it looks like band, looks like texting and Instagram. And uh, it looks like my office now is my is the porch. <laughs> like I can meet, you know, one-on-one -on, -one on the porch. There's fans blowing every which way. And um, yeah, it looks like walks outside porch time. And for what we're doing right now, uh, you asked, what, you know, how we're, if we're meeting in person now, We've decided to keep the Bible study on Zoom and the program, the gathering on Zoom, 
partially because our friends at Clemson um, reopened their campus ministry a couple weeks before Winthrop opened. And they had two COVID cases within those two weeks and they needed to shut it all down. Um, we got a little nervous about that. We wanna be very protective of each other and of the university and of our churches. Um, so we, um, we only meet for dinner. Just that little dinner part is like 45 minutes in the garden, which we have a beautiful garden behind the house um, that welcome meets in. And so we are, we figured out the logistics. We have a big table in the driveway. I park somewhere else on Tuesday and we, um, we, we serve from that table and everything's outside. The house is closed for now. Um, porches are open, garden is open. Um, but we even want to keep our time in person um, to a minimum. So we're, we're, we wear masks and we have all of our protocols in place. We use van to check in in terms of like, have you had symptoms? You know, are you here? Are you coming? RSVP, that kind of thing. So that we can keep track if we need to go back and do contact tracing. We know who was where. Um, but it, it does feel good to be in, in the garden, in a natural space, breathing fresh air and um, having a home-cooked meal. We have um, people from both of our churches that alternate weeks and bring us a home-cooked meal. Uh, and that's just, it's really lovely to have that again. That's great. That leads to the next thought that I had. You know, I asked about challenges and with those, and you mentioned some just now, the blessings out of this time. What are some ways that you are seeing God at work, even in the midst of this chaos? Yeah, seriously. I was just thinking this morning, if I was going to start an online church, I think I would call it Emmanuel because God is with us even in Zoom. And it's crazy. It's such a, it's such a surprise. Um, particularly the contemplative Bible study. I knew we could have a conversation online. I was not sure that we could be contemplative together and do, you know, essentially Lectio Divina, you know, um, on Zoom. God shows up every time. Every time the Holy Spirit is like putting a word in different people's minds and hearts. And, and it's a blessing every single time. It's a surprise every time. I shouldn't be surprised by now, but you just never know what, what God's going to do there. Um, the other lovely, um, I, don't, I don't know that it's a surprise, but I wasn't counting on it, is the unanimity and the harmony of our group. Um, we have picked Colossians 3, um, 12 through 17 as our, um, our guiding verses for this season. And the the highlights from from that um, that sort of ring in my mind, and that will probably show up on a T-shirt at some time by, by the end of the year, are clothe yourselves in compassion, clothe yourselves in love. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And we've been trying to live into that in a time that is also full of conflict. Um, I always try to have our ministry talks on Tuesday focus in on what I've been hearing from students through the weeks. Um, I reach out to every student every week and um, 
have some one-on-ones and some longer conversations. And I was just hearing an immense amount of conflict, not amongst our group, but for each person with friends or family, um, our students are fairly um, engaged politically. And um, there's been um, so much going on with Black Lives Matter. There's been so much going on with, Well, just to name hashtag do better young life. I have several students who um, were involved with young life as 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 youth, and were actually you know harmed by that um, experience for different reasons. And um, our group is is an affirming group. Um, it's really important to us that queer folk are completely welcome in, in God's family and at God's table and. Um, we just won't have it if people are, are treated badly. Um, so there, there's just been a lot of political and social upheaval. There's been conflict around COVID and masking. And where I've heard from some other campus ministers around the country that they were concerned that their students wouldn't um, take the pandemic seriously. My students are taking it quite seriously. Several of them have extra risk factors that would um, put them at higher risk for complications from COVID and they're being very careful. Um, Others have older folks or or, um, other friends and family members, roommates who are at risk. And so they're they're taking a lot of precautions. And I think there have been in early days conflicts with family members who weren't on board. And now that they're back on campus, real conflicts around so I saw that you, you know, pictures, you went to this party. So I saw you went to this other event and you all weren't wearing masks. So I'm seeing they're losing friendships. There's so much conflict. So we have been, um, we're, we're studying and practicing. I'm trying to teach them nonviolent communication um, because we want to um, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And sometimes that's been extra challenging lately. So the the blessing has just been that they're so open to that, that they're really looking for that, that we're trying to practice it together um, as creating a brave space where we can work on some of these skills. Um, and try to use the anger that arises. We've actually been talking about anger um, as a signal that something matters here. So using this season as a time to tune in more deeply with what matters, with our our values, with our identity in Christ, and um, try to practice together. We're, we're doing some real work. We're having some of the deepest conversations we've ever had, and they're happening on Zoom. People are sharing things they've never shared. People are going deep. And um, I can't tell if part of it is that we do have, well, there's no anonymity, but maybe it's a little safer when we're not actually in the room together. I don't know. I would think that our home space where we have like a cozy living room would, would people would be more open. Um, but I think there might be a little extra freedom when we can just like talk and then you know, leave the meeting. Like we don't have to then like have a conversation in the hallway. Um, I'm not sure what all the components are of why that openness is happening, but there's a greater depth of engagement. There's a real passion for um, 
living into our Christian values and building skills around that. Um, and I think a, a hope that this will be a season of transformation for us personally, for our campus, for our, you know, our, our worshiping community, and possibly for, you know, the larger culture and the nation. Yeah, it's been amazing to be, um, or to hear that story, but also to see from other congregations and ministries around the diocese and people I know around the country and the world, how God does show up, right? Like we ever think that he doesn't, right? But when everything's going wrong, we're like, obviously nothing good is going to come out of this. Yeah. At least that's what my mind tells me. Um, but this, you know, these six months have, have been an opportunity for me to learn to retrust. Well, we don't think of Zoom as a sacred space. Yeah. And and I had been taught so much about the ministry of presence, right? And my, my main concern was, well, how can I be present? They've taken my students away from me. <laughs> um, how can I be present for them? And then I, you know, I, I prayed and I thought about people like Oprah, dare I say, um, who have such presence that even on a screen, I only know her on a screen. I've never met the woman, but I have a real sense of who she is. Um, and the podcasts I listen to, some of the people that I follow, I have a sense of them. I don't have a sense that they're with me because they're not trying to be with me. But if, yeah, so if I'm engaging on online with my students on Zoom or even possibly on Instagram, through my texts or whatever, trying to, I, I had to learn to trust a little bit that that would, that that would work. And um, I often need them to tell me like, is this working? <laughs> is this coming through? Like, do you, are you, are you feeling as connected as I'm feeling? Like it's odd that we're so connected. And, and my new thought um, or my new like concern was that, is this going to work with new people, right? Like, am I going to be able to meet new people and connect with them? with this technology and that's happening too <laughs> so they're connecting with each other they're connecting with me they're pe new people are joining our ministry we have like four new people um two people joined us over the summer it, it's been it, it's been surprising and strange and exciting yeah yeah i'm looking forward to what we as the larger church where can learn from campus ministries youth ministries <laughs> folks who are a little more adept with technology, folks who are a little more used to it, grew up with online community. Because um, at least for the foreseeable future, I, we have to dig into that. And and I've heard stories from churches where people that you wouldn't imagine would figure out how to get around online have really yeah. engaged and grown yeah. from that. I'm seeing that too. Yeah. So that. Uh, leads me to my last question, and this is more for you and less about welcome, but I'm going to build some resources or resource list of, of all the guests. Um, you know, what, what are you learning from these days? Are there things you're reading, things you're listening to? What's kind of feeding your mind and your soul? Yeah, a lot. Um, there was the frustration this summer of not being able to go to conferences because that's another part of the rhythm of campus ministry is summer is for continuing at conferences, reading. And I was like, uh, except I'm doing two programs a week and there's no conferences. But um, 
OASIS, the Episcopal um, Campus Ministry Conference happened online. They navigated that across um, all the time zones of America, which was very impressive. That was really life-giving. I'm still singing some of the songs that I learned in our worship, and our worship experience there was very powerful. Um, I'm, I've been able to, um, there's a lot of webinars right now, and I keep finding more groups doing wonderful webinars. Um, I learned a lot from a webinar that Virginia Theological Seminary put together with some futurists. I can't remember the group that they're partnered with. I can look at that. Was it Bob Johansson? The Center for the Future, I think. But yes, but yes, but there was there was a group that they're um, organizing with to do some of these webinars. Um, and the big takeaway from that for me was um, that we shouldn't make firm plans for this year, but we can set intentions, right? So we're not holding fast to plans, but we're setting intentions. Brandeis University has the Chaplaincy Innovation Lab. They do several free webinars every week for um, people in ministry, especially in a chaplaincy setting. And I consider university ministry very, you know, very closely aligned with chaplaincy. So um, I've been going to those quite a bit. Um, Skill Pop. Skill Pop is, I don't know if they're based in Charlotte, but there's a lot of classes in Charlotte and they have pivoted to online. Um, They offer everything from like hand lettering, like artsy craftsy things to, you know, more um, work skills. I took a class from them last week, week before on, on, you know, how to um, boost your Instagram, like skill level. Like I, I can't, I'm still learning how to do all these things. Sometimes I have to message my intern and be like, how do I do the whatever? I'm learning so much from my students, honestly. Um, there's another group called the Reformation Project um, that um, supports LGBTQ plus um, integration into ministry. And I went to a webinar with them the other day. That was really helpful. A um, couple podcasts that are favorites. Um, one of my students let me know about the Queer Theology Podcast. They unpack one of the lectionary texts every week. And um, that's often really interesting. It's quite short, um, but probably what's been the most encouraging is Kate Bowler out of Duke Divinity School and her podcast, Everything Happens. She highlights a lot of really um, honest, <laughs> forthright people who are really honest about suffering <laughs> and um, navigating chains and um, turbulence um, and just her spirit and her tone is always really um, honest but also really encouraging and then I my um, I found uh, a continuing ed opportunity through the new begin um, program in San Francisco so I'm in a, the new begin fellows this year um, we did a webinar yesterday with Kristen Kovez Dume, the author of Jesus and John Wayne. This book is completely rocking my world um, because this is a lot of my experience. Um, we also read Howard Thurman's um, book, 
um, Jesus and the disenfranchised. That's been really interesting. Um, we're reading those two at the beginning of the fellowship, but um, yeah, there's been, there's been a lot. I'm also trying to write a lot myself. I, I for a long time during the the most isolating times, I guess, over the summer where I really wasn't seeing anyone. Um, it was hard to even write like a blog post. I haven't been blogging or anything. Um, our website, welcome.org, has a blog. And I think I've written one thing and I've had a student write something. I asked some more students to write. They were um, doing really good work this summer. I had different students lead different weeks and share on different topics that they'd been talking about with me. Um, and that they haven't been able to write it either. It's, it's kind of hard to generate um, new information, renew writing um, that takes a certain kind of energy. But um, I've been finding a new uh, creative outlet um, lately, and that's been helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank you for your ministry uh, with and among the students at Welcome. We'll be praying for you and uh, for your group. And yeah, I look forward to, to seeing how this semester, this school year unfolds and hopefully come up and join y'all again soon. So thank you. Thanks, Alan. We'd love to have you. Spirit be upon you and remain with you forever.